Okay. Well, I decided to do another solo podcast. I, uh, I work 10-hour days. I listen to podcasts and audiobooks. And I have a little commute. And I just have a lot to say. I had one person that reached out and said they liked it. And that's enough for me to keep going. So I'm going to do another one. Again, this is about Israel-Palestine stuff. So if you're tired of this, then you're not going to like this one. But, um... Yeah. So... There's a couple things I'd like to tackle. I don't know if I'll be able to get all of them. But the first thing I kind of want to go over is... Like, a lot... It's a very understandable question and reason that people... Like, a lot of conservative types... And I'm more critical of conservative types, because that's my people. That's my family. That's the type of life I grew up in. And I want them to have a better understanding. And I want them to have uh, more knowledge and depth on this. Because I just think a lot of their arguments and stuff I see from like a lot of predominant conservative pundits that like my family listens to, and they only, they only, like, scratch the surface. And it's, like, buzzwords. You know, like... And I, but I think this is something that a lot of people do correlate and they point out. And it's, like, the, the idea that... Like, the Muslim extremist thing. Right? And a lot of... And there is. There is a lot of Muslim, Muslim extremist groups. And... You know, just on the surface, if you look at it, you're like, wow, dude, all these Muslim groups hate the Western world. They hate America. They hate Israel. And so they they think of it as in like, oh, it's something to do with this Muslim religion that makes them more extreme. Because like, it's just, you know, we see all these terrorist groups today from the Muslim world and they are Muslim. So it's like an easy correlation to make. But I'm going to try to explain why that is and why I still believe that these people are not fighting for religious reasons. They're fighting for political ones. Okay. So, first of all, like the there's a couple strategic reasons why these groups would throw themselves under the banner of a Muslim cause more than a any other type of cause. And the number one reason, or not the number one, but one of the reasons, I think, is it's just a complete rejection of the society that is causing them harm and destruction. You know, like, America and Israel, we are all about religious freedom you know, we talk about, like, let's just be honest, dude, we're, like, the the LGBTQ, like, country now. Like, we fucking throw up the banner for the gay pride flag all the time. And, you know, that that's the ideas that our countries have adopted. So these Muslim groups, like, try to, like, distinguish themselves and be, like, the complete opposite of that. It's a good way to be like, look, they're like this, 
and we're the opposite. That's why you see these, you know, like you you will see the leaders of certain Muslim groups that are like in, you know, like they have the you know the towel head man. They have the towels on their head and they have like, you know, the traditional like Muslim guy look. Like and they 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 make their women wear whatever the burqa or whatever it's called, the hood over their head, right? And it's it's a reason they do that is to be an an example of an opposite way of the country that is bombing them and destroying their people and their land. Right? So that's like one reason. Another reason is so like we'll take the Palestine Israel conflict for one, right? Now, but when this, you know, these countries, like these Palestine, these people, there was a time in history where they were wanting to fight for their own like state. This is one of the reasons why the Arabs in World War 1, you know, uh started a rebellion against the Ottoman Empire. Because the British promised them that they would get a, knowing their own national state. This is when nationalism was taking hold across the uh, across the world, and so they wanted their own independent state. And these groups, you know, they after the fall of the after the end of World War One and the fall of the Ottoman Empire, you know, there was still like these you know d- different groups that we're still fighting for that. And, you know, when it all, but it all fell apart. And even after the fall of the Ottoman Empire and the end of World War I, the British backstabbed the Arabs, didn't fall through, they gave the, they gave the land to the French and the Zionists. Well, there was another rebellion where the Arabs were like, no, we're going to go take on the French and try to claim our land. Well, and it all failed. And it all failed. And even when, you know, in the Zionist cleansed the Palestinians from their land in 1948, there was groups that were like this independent, you know, pro-Palestine idea. It just kind of collapsed. So the ones that emerged was these Muslim extremist groups. And this is a very smart play because if you don't, if you identify yourself as, oh, we're Palestinians and we want our own land, well, your reach is limited with that cause because that cause will only reach, I mean, it could reach other Muslim nations, but that it will only, you know, really hit home for the people in Palestine because it's like, oh, we're Palestinians, this is my land, you know? But when you put your banner under a cause for Muslims, then this identified, this Muslim cause now identifies with other Muslim people from across the entire Muslim world. Because now when they go like, look, we're trying, we're Muslims, we're fighting off Zionist or America, whatever it is, and then America turns around and like, you know, kills Muslim people. These groups go, look, they're killing Muslims. And they emphasize this. You know, they, re- they they really use that rhetoric. Like, Muslims are dying. And it's not. It's it's a move 
to garner support across the world where all Muslims are. So then it doesn't matter what race or where you're from. It's just like if you're a Muslim, you can look at that and be like, oh, wow, those people are hurting Muslims and I'm a Muslim. They want to hurt me. Look what they're doing to the people that identify to the same religion I am. So it's a very smart strategic move in that sense to garner support for your cause. And also, another reason is that if it's just like a regular group that's not really uh, identifying with a religious cause, like say, you know, if you're, you know, for example, if we're meeting up at a town hall and we're planning some sort of, you know, rebel act, the dominating force, whatever that may be over the years, the British, Israel, America, whatever it is, it's a lot easier for us to justify like, oh, we had to destroy their capital building because rebels were planning an attack there. But if you are doing that stuff in a mosque, it becomes very difficult for the dominating power to justify bombing these mosques. Because these are like religious, like these are religious buildings. These are very sacred to Muslims. This is their place of worship. You know, when you bomb, if someone blows up a church, people take that as an attack on the religion itself, on Christians. It's the same concept. So it almost, so they had to be a little bit more careful. These dominating powers over the years had to be more careful about like raiding a mosque or you know hurting I don't know I don't know what you would call like a priest but for the Muslims but what, they're priests you know so like you start bullying the religious leader and people don't take kindly to that same thing here if like the cops were just you know when the cops were shutting down churches and arresting priests in America, a lot of Christians took very big offense to that. Rightfully so. Because they took it as like, you're attacking our religion. And it's the same concept. It's a, it's a very good way to garner support across all Muslim people. Right? So it's not just like confined to your your geographical area. It's It's going to affect people all over the world that identify with your religion. It's a very good move. And I think it's more of a natural thing because these dominating powers know this. So it just became much more of a natural reaction while also a strategically smart play. Now the back, the downside to that though is it be, it creates this hatred. Well, it's a downside, maybe an upside in a way. Because the downside is that now it becomes this you know, that's why you see people in America today, like, you know, wow, these Muslim extremists, like, they identify this extremist type of thinking to the Muslim religion itself. And I think there's, you know, it's it's an easy correlation to make. And, you know, but also on the flip side of that is now when they, when, you know, Muslims online, they see, like, some 
person bashing Muslim religion from the Western world, they can use that as just, look, these people hate us. They think we're monsters. And, yeah, I think, you know, I think if China, who, I don't necessarily think they're, like, uh, an extremely religious country, if they were dominating America, you know, you would probably see, and they're bombing our people, you would probably seem see the same type of thing here where you would see Christian radicals you know these extremist Christian groups I think you would see that same concept pop up here and it would be more of a natural thing than strategic thinking in the end because it just becomes the the dominating powers know that there is just this you have to be careful when it comes to religious things like messing with religious communities and organizations and buildings and sacred religious items is a huge no-no. Like that is a whatever group you're trying to dominate, they're going to take offense to that. And I think it's just a natural uh, phenomenon in a lot of ways. But okay, so that was the first thing that I kind of wanted to talk about. And another thing I wanted to talk about is. The, like, kind of like a lot of people on the right will talk about, like, you know, Israel is not specifically bombing, uh, like children, right? Or hurting civilians. They're not specifically bombing or trying to hurt civilians. And Hamas straight up did, right? Well, I think there's kind of this. There's kind of a reason for that. And I think the biggest reason is not necessarily, like, don't get me wrong, like, I don't think these people in these Hamas groups are, you know, the mo- the best, uh, what's, what's the word? I don't think they're, like, good people. I mean, I think they're products of their environment. But the level of barbarism and savagery they might have committed on the Israeli people, or like the, what they commit. Like I remember being in the Marine Corps, and we saw like these ISIS like beheading videos of Americans, and a lot of people from the Marine Corps we would watch them, and it was just like Jesus Christ, man! Like we were just in shock and awe. Like how could these people like openly and like they're bragging, they're posting these videos online openly, just chop the heads off of these people like on camera like it's just a brutal savage way to like kill and it is by all standards by our standards it is but the biggest difference you need to understand is when you're a dominating power like Israel is over Palestine you can rain hail and destruction with iron artillery missiles Bombs, grenades, uh, small arms fire. Like you can just, you're the dominating force. You're an advanced military against guys that are literally making rockets out of pipe, right? Like these guys are like, in a lot of ways, it's like they're fighting with fucking bows and arrows, and we're fighting with muskets, right? So the level of damage we can do to these people is 
like not even comparable about what they can do to us. So they, so the reason that these groups, it's like a way of getting back, right? Like we can kill a lot of your people and more of them, right? More women, more children, more men. We can kill way more than you can. So for them to respond in a way that is like to an equal level, it's not the same because there's more people dying. But for them to respond to a level that is like comparable, they have to resort to brutal ways of murdering civilians because they can't so they they can't kill a lot of them they know that those hamas people when they breached the wall and came into israel they knew they weren't going to be able to kill a lot of them a lot of them knew it was a suicide mission a lot of them knew they weren't coming back that day they knew that for sure so when they went in there their idea was to capture hostages and try to kill these people as brutally as possible. You know, it's similar to why, how they, you know, how 9-11 happened. They knew they couldn't kill a lot of us, like, comparably, right? Like, we, America was bombing Iraq for 10 years, sanctioning Iraq, which effectively was starving you know, not giving, not allowing medicine in the country for 10 years under Bill Clinton, we were doing that, right? And it killed, like, loads of people. Probably hundreds of thousands died because of this. They couldn't get access to food and water and proper medicine. And we were bombing them. So they couldn't, you know, and there's not, there wasn't a lot of news coverage for that. Like, no one really knew that. Like, no one really knew that. There's a few politicians in Congress that, like Ron Paul, that would talk about it, but not, no one really cared. So they responded in a way that you would realize, like, they're like whole, like, in a big way. And it's savage, dude. They fucking hijacked planes and flew them into buildings, dude. It's insane. It's still insane to think about. But they have to go to that level of, like, barbarism and savagery. So that's like their way of getting back. It's like that you can kill. It's like, well, I know that you can kill a lot more of my friends, but I'm going to brutally torture and kill your friends in very savage and barbarous ways. And that's their way of like getting back because they're the weaker force. It's like the you know, idea of like you're sacrificing our people so we're going to sacrifice yours, but add in like more higher, extreme, brutal, savage way. And it's like that pissed Americans off. And that's exactly what that effect was to do to the Israelis. That was to, to make them upset. That was, that was their intention. Because they wanted Israel to feel how they feel all the time. And it's just, I'm not, I'm not justifying this. It's not a justification at all. This is trying to make you understand why they act like this. And it, it's, it's just a way 
It's like, look, we're not happy here. We're not happy with the conditions. You're not, you're not dealing with us in good faith. And if you're going to take our land, if we can't live on our land, then we don't want anyone to live on our land. You know, like, if you look at, like, what... It wasn't like... When people say that, like, in 1948, that it, the Zionists cleansed the Palestinians from their land, they didn't really have to force them. Now, that did happen. Like, there was dudes with guns that were Zionist extremists that were going village to village and forcing these people from their land. That did happen. But most of the people that fled the land did it on their own free will. And they did that because of the brutality that the Zionists were doing. There was a massacre, a brutal massacre, where they just like, you know, they they killed babies, they they raped the women... They were killing uh, children. After they they would torture the men, they would string them up. You know, they cut off their arms and legs. There's like all these brutal things they did, and there that wasn't necessarily like there was a reason they did that. One, it's it was to scare the population so they wouldn't have to cleanse them themselves. That the people would be so afraid that they would flee. They would leave a few of them alive so they could go to the next village and be like, tell them like what they saw, the brutality of what they saw. And these people would freak out and leave. And that's what Hamas did to Israel. This extreme savagery to try to get these people is like, you know, you're, you're going to take our land? Well, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you taking my land as unpleasant as possible. So you, your people will flee. You know, a lot of the tactics that, besides like suicide bombing, a lot of the tactics that Hamas uses were done by the, like, Ergon and the Stern Gang in the 1940s. You know, like, these tactics aren't unheard of. This has happened on that land before. It's just like, kind of what, now, they laid the groundwork for these types of atrocities back then. And I know, like, we're in 2023, so, like, this level of, like, atrocity in our liberal world just, just it doesn't, we can't comprehend it. But when you are people that's just being dominated for years, decades, I mean, back in, when Hamas, when Hamas was elected, to buy the Palestinian people in 2006, right? This was 2006. So that's 17 years ago. Okay? And these Hamas is the grandchildren of the people that were cleansed from their land, man. They were kicked off their land. And now they live like shit. Like, like I I don't want people to take this the wrong way, but when Israelis or conservative types, when they let the mass drop a little bit and they say that 
You know, these Palestinians are human animals. Well, and in some sick way, that's true. That is true. It's because the conditions these people are brought up in is, like, so unimaginable to us. Like, here in America, and maybe, probably even Israel, too, like, you know, when we turn 16, 17, we're starting to think about, like, whoa, what are we going to do after high school? You know, like, what what are we going to do? Am I going to go to college? Am I going to join the military? Maybe I'll go to trade school. Like, you know, that's what we're thinking about. You know, like, we're having fun, you know, we can, we got plenty of food, water, grandparents are doing pretty good most of the time. Like, overall, like, things were fine for us growing up. Well, that's just not possible for Palestinians, that idea. Like, like 50% of the population is, like, unemployed. Like, oh, no, sorry, 50% of the population is under the age of... 18, like 60% of the young people, like in their 20s, are unemployed. There's just no aspirations these people have. They have no goals. Like, there were surveys back in the day that they did where it's like, what is the men, like the men, like, what do you dream about becoming when you become an adult? And a lot of them would say they wanted to be a martyr. Like, literally a martyr for their people. That's what they look forward to. That's why they're motivated. Because, like, you know, here we have, like, the hierarchy is, like, you want to you get a good career. You want to be able to buy a house. Like, this is what we're thinking about. And they're thinking about becoming fucking martyrs for their people. Now, maybe we have a little bit of that with, like, people that join the military in the country. But the people that join the military, it's, like, less than 1% of the population. It's like, that's just not what is on the minds of most Americans. But that is something that's big on these people's minds. So, you just have to understand that, and their whole, you know, their whole cause, you know, they, these Hamas guys, they have, they had mothers, they had sisters, they had brothers. And on October 7th, before they attacked, maybe the day before, they hugged their moms and they told them goodbye. They hugged their friends and their family and they told them that they have to do this. And they, you know, they sacrificed their lives, most of them, to their cause that they believed in. These aren't like demons these aren't like fanatical religious extremists I mean maybe in some way they are but at the end of the day they're people and they're responding to the environment that they grew up in you know like I remember I read this book and it I don't remember it might have been Stalin's war I don't remember what the book was but there was this chapter And it talked about the gulags in Soviet Union. And there was children that were born and raised in this, in these gulags under extreme horrible conditions, right? Well, 
they didn't really have a lot of accounts of like the kids there but they what they did have is how the guards of these gulags would describe the kids and the guards described the boys that grew up in these gulags they were more afraid of those boys than anyone else because those boys were just they grew up in this horrible environment they'd slit your throat just for looking at them man these people were monsters these little they were literally human animals and the women it was openly talked about how they would just brag about how many guards they would fuck to get their basic needs so in this environment these people, like their incentives, are all thrown off because they're 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 raised in this hostile environment, and humans adapt to the nature. They adapt to the environment that they live in. So the boys have to become cutthroat killers, and the women have to become straight up whores to achieve their means to their ends. It's it's similar to that that these young people that grow up in these environments their incentives are all fucked dude they're not looking for like the better way to better their family because there's almost no options to better your family very little ones but what you can do is sacrifice your life to try to get them out of this situation in the future That's all I got for today. I just wanted to maybe give a better understanding of what what's going on over there. Um, if you guys haven't noticed, I don't know, anyone that follows me on Twitter or X, whatever, uh, I'm verified now. I got the blue check, dude. I, uh, I decided that I couldn't beat the blue checks, so I just decided I'd become one. And honestly, I've noticed a very big difference. Like, um, not really so much on my feed. Like, if I post something just to my feed, I don't really, the the engagement there doesn't change. But if I comment under people, my comments are like the first ones to pop up. And I'm getting a lot more engagement, which which has really helped me be able to ratio people. Like, I just... Like, ratioed Nikki Haley, which is pretty cool. It's, I don't know, it's pretty weird to think about. But, yeah, you should follow me there. I've been posting a lot more on there. I don't know. I just feel like this, like, I don't know. I just, in a lot of ways, I was pretty nervous about, like, the Russia-Ukraine war. But to me, I feel like this Israel-Palestine, I don't know, is... It's why I'm so critical of Israel. Is because America's tied to Israel. Like we, without Israel, without America, Israel could not do half the things it could do. And because my country is so tied to them, it's why I feel like they need to be better. And if they're not, if they're doing things that I think is wrong, we gotta call them out on it. Because yeah. Everyone knows Hamas, what Hamas did was bad. It's so obvious. 
even like I know people will be like, well, there's these college kids, and it's like, yeah, well, dude, they're just liberals protesting for civil rights. It's like the most important thing to these college kids. And it's not that, yeah, there's a few extreme ones that are like, yeah, Hamas, but like mostly it's just not what it is, man. They're just trying to throw that in your face. I just don't see that. They're trying to make it seem like that. It's the same way that during the run-up to the Iraq war that people protesting against, like, well, look at these Saddam Hussein sympathizers. It's like, yeah, okay, well, actually, they're just, they don't want you to go to fucking war. And it's the same concept. But, ah, I don't know. I just feel like, yeah, Hamas did is bad, but there's a whole nother perspective that's going on to the rest of the world. It's very easy for us to believe that because America and maybe Israel and other Western nations in Europe, they're like, wow, dude, look, Hamas is bad. Like, they're all saying it. But the other, like, majority of the world is not saying that. And, you, and people need to understand that the, there's a whole complete another perspective coming from the other side of the world, from the Muslim world, Russia, China, South America. Like, there is just a lot of people that do not buy into, like, how the rhetoric is going in America. And we need to understand that. We need to understand the other side. And that's why I'm really... Because, like, you know, like, a lot of the world condemned Russia when they invaded Ukraine. A lot of the world did. And a significant portion of the world is condemning what Israel's doing. Like, more than the world. You know, I'm not saying that, like, world opinion should be, like, what we go by. But when we're, you know, trading and supposed to be diplomatic and negotiating with other countries, countries are going to take that in consideration. When they see the types of things that we support... And the types of things that we fund and whitewash and don't condemn in our country. And it's a reflection of us. Alright, well that's all I got. I appreciate you guys for listening. Me and Luke will have an episode out soon. We'll probably be recording it in the next couple days. But... Thank you guys, and I'm out.